Meet Cindy. She was dealing with hormone imbalances, fatigue, and a low sex drive. Out of all of the different symptoms, though, the non-existent sex drive is what really drove her nuts. She has seen many different gynecologists, but they all just brushed her off and said that it was her age and there's not much that could be done. And that is when she saw me. I knew that sex drive is quite multifaceted and to get to the bottom of her health mystery, we needed to look at a few different avenues. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. You just heard about all of Cindy's struggles. Joining me on the show today to talk much more about this is Susan Bratton. She's an intimacy expert and a champion and advocate for all of those who desire intimacy and passion. Susan is actually a best-selling author and a publisher of 34 books and programs, including Sexual Soulmates, Relationship Magic, Revive Her Drive, The Passion Patch, Hormone Balancing, and Hot to Trot. Oh, Susan, you have a lot of hot stuff out there. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much, Ina. I'm really glad to to talk about libido. You know, as an intimacy expert, I deal with three, uh, kind of a three-legged stool. The first is I teach passionate lovemaking techniques. I teach people how to transform having sex into making love. And I spend a lot of time talking about the difference between the matriarchal versus the patriarchal way we've been having sex. We've been having sex the way men want to have sex for a very long time. And I want women to take their sexuality back because I actually think that most low libido that isn't tied to health issues specifically is because we're not getting the kind of lovemaking we need. You can't find what we need in porn, you can't find what we need in movies and television, and you can't even find it in erotic fiction. It's different because we've never taken into account how the female body is wired and what it needs sexually. So I want to talk a little bit about that when we discuss the issue of low libido, what makes low libido and what doesn't, and what the difference between libido, desire, and arousal are. Oh, I love that. The other leg of my stool is communication skills. Asking for what you want. How do you know what you want? Why would you ask for something if you don't know what you want, but you just know what you're getting isn't it? I'll address that. Because it makes a very large difference when you have free-flowing communication with your partner. And I'll tell you how easy it is and why you should do it. And then the third leg of the stool is the physical. Because you can know all the techniques in the world and have great communication skills, but if there's something wrong with your body, if sex hurts, if you've lost sensation, if you don't have any interest in sex, if you have painful intercourse, you just can't get wet, all of those things can be fixed so easily, but women don't understand what causes them, so they don't understand what the root problems are. So those are the three legs of my stool, and they all work together in concert to provide a platform for people to connect intimately and pleasurably together. And when that goes missing and you end up in a platonic relationship, you're robbed of your right to incredible pleasure, which is as important as the love of family and friends, having good food and beautiful art and wonderful music. And sex is nothing 
to feel ashamed about. And it's something that we need to fight to keep alive so we can have ageless sexuality because we keep getting better in bed as we age if we allow ourselves to. So thank you for allowing me to be here to talk more about dispelling some of the myths and misunderstandings around libido. Mm, My gosh, I love everything you're saying and all of the parts of your stool. You know, I think first, with a lot of my listeners, they're usually dealing with all types of different health issues. Um, A lot of them are dealing with thyroid issues, autoimmune issues, digestive issues, you know, a lot of chronic types of illnesses. And, you know, they have a lot of symptoms, fatigue, weight gain, brain fog, digestive issues, right? But what often happens is that many of them also have this loss of drive, right? Or low libido. But when they bring it up to their doctor, if they even do, I mean, some of them just feel embarrassed. So they feel like they have so many other issues. Like, is this even that important, right? But if they do bring it up, the doctors really don't offer much of a solution. And, you know, sometimes they just blame it on their age. And so I'm so, so glad to hear that you're saying that so many of these things can be fixed and that it potentially is not even that hard. No, it's it's not hard. Doctors just aren't trained in that. That's all. They, they you know, they're, yeah. they're there for the plumbing. <laughs> I'm here for the affairs of the heart Aww. and clitoris, <laughs> which by the way, are directly connected <laughs> to each other. <laughs> so shall we dive in? Yes, absolutely. When your gut is off, when you're not pooping perfectly, when you have chronic fatigue, when you have all these problems, it is no surprise that you have no libido because your libido is the other side of the same coin of your overall vitality. You need system resources to want to mate. I mean, it is literally that simple. So any woman who is on a journey to fix those problems, um, shore up her gut and get her thyroid working again and get good nutrition going and good exercise going, get the microbiomes in, in play and get off all the pharmaceuticals and get, you know, get healthy again, get out in the sunlight and do all of the things that we know we need to do so we're not addicted to fast food and stuck with GMO modified stuff full of toxins that are eroding our entire life. So the microbiome and the vaginal biome are very, very important parts of having a good libido, of course, as is having enough energy to have sex. But one of the things that I want to talk about when I mentioned the patriarchal versus matriarchal view is that the patriarchal view, the the male view of sex is very penis and vagina focused. And most women have been having sex and and, and I call it grab a boob and stick it in. That's the kind of sex we've been having. We've been having penis-oriented sex. And that is not going to get our libido going. If you think about your libido as well, you have to fix it at home. And if you're lucky enough to have a partner, I mean, I hear a lot of women talking about how their libido is so bad, and they are lucky enough to have a partner to help them fix it. Women who are single or solo, they have to do all the heavy lifting themselves through solo pleasuring. So I want to reframe here that your partner is not your enemy. They're your friend, and they can do a lot of the healing with you to help you get a good relationship again with your sex drive and to feel vital and horny and turned on and fulfilled and sexually satisfied and full of vim and vigor. Because Putting attention on your sexuality while you're trying to recover from things like chronic fatigue and gut dysbiosis and exhausted thyroids actually helps all those systems get better faster. (laughs) So you don't have to wait till you're perfect. You can start now because sex isn't 
intercourse. Sex is orgasmic pleasure generated through any means possible. And I think it is really, really important to have a lot of orgasms. And orgasms are learned skills. Orgasms reboot your nervous system. They send out feel-good neurotransmitters and hormones. They connect you and bond you to yourself or your partner. They are really good at helping you sleep. They're very good overall in many ways, including they're a vascular event, like a little workout for your blood system. So denying yourself it because you feel like, oh my God, sex is intercourse and I can't do that. I want you to get go way, way back to baby steps here and remember that you would never want intercourse unless you were in your five-day horny window feeling really great and having lots of energy. But you can't give up your entire sex life just because you can't do because you can't do the, you know, the the number one top biggest, hardest thing there is. So you have to start small and build yourself back up, just like when you've had chronic fatigue and you can't walk up your driveway, and then you can get up a third of the way, and then you can get up halfway, and one day you got up the top of the driveway, and a few months later, you're running up that driveway. That's all we're talking about here with your sexuality. So what is most important to understand is that most of your life, you've been having sex the way men want to, which is he wants to do a little bit of foreplay and then stick his penis inside you. And he has done that, or all of your partners, all of your male body partners have had sex with you way before you are ready. You might be excited to have them inside you and think that you're ready, but you haven't been. And every time that you've had sex before you were fully engorged and ready to have orgasms from intercourse, you have put another brick in the wall of your future sexless life. So you have to stop thinking it's an all or nothing zero-sum game with sexuality. There are so many things that help us get our desire back. The first one is having enough clitoral stimulation, genital stimulation, getting our genitals engorged. Women have as much erectile tissue in our vulva, in our entire female genital system, as our male-bodied partners do in their penis. He has 50% of his erectile tissue sticking out of his body in the part of his penis you can see, and another 50% inside his body. So think about that. Think about a penis right now. Think about it. You know, it's like maybe the size of a banana. Half is out and half is in. Think about that banana and all of the fruit inside that banana as erectile tissue, because that's pretty much what a penis is. It's erectile tissue with a pea shoot called the urethra, urethra and a tunica albuginea holding it all in and some skin on top. That's all it is. So all that fruit in that banana, now pack that into your vulva. It's your clitoral tip, your clitoral shaft, your clitoral legs, your clitoral arms, your urethral sponge, which people call a G-spot. It's not a spot. It looks like a long pool noodle that, that sticks out the end of your opening of your vaginal vestibule and goes up along the inside of your vaginal canal or along the top. And you have a perineal sponge between your vagina and your rectum. You have three giant erectile tissue system networks literally embracing your vaginal canal. But what does anybody ever do? Maybe do the XYZ alphabet as oral foreplay on the tip of your clitoris, never touching your labia 
inner or outer, never finding the legs and the arms, never doing any of that. Not to mention, you haven't gotten your eyelids kissed and your lips kissed and your hair stroked and your feet rubbed and your back rubbed and your butt rubbed and your belly rubbed and you haven't been held. You haven't been told why you are loved. You haven't been made to feel like you are desired. These are all the things that we as women need to begin to climb the arousal ladder. Maybe we've been kissed, but not much, or we don't like the way our partner kisses us, or we just don't kiss anymore. We lose that ability to turn ourselves on. Maybe our partner doesn't play with our breasts well, or all they do is grab one nipple in the middle of something where that's all they do. Uh, No breast pleasuring, no nipple pleasuring, no nipple gasms, no neck kisses, no hickeys. You know, and then what's the oral pleasuring like? The same three moves for two minutes, and then he wants to stick it in you. (laughs) So if you can... Sorry, I'm laughing, but I mean, I think it, right? it definitely resonates with so many people, uh, I'm sure, as you're saying that. Right. And we begin to think that's what sex is. No wonder we don't want sex. <laughs> no wonder. Who wants that? <sighs> I don't. What do I want? I want languid kissing. I want my breasts played with. I want to make out with my partner while he's playing with my breasts and I'm stroking his penis. And then I want him to give me a yoni massage, yoni being the tantric lovemaking word for my entire genital system, not just the tip of my clitoris. Just because there's nerve endings there doesn't mean anything. What I need is blood flow. All of this is about blood flow, engorgement, getting me my erection so I'm ready and I can have an orgasm when I'm penetrated. So... When I allow my partner to learn and fumble his way through and give him the feedback that he needs to do a good job of rubbing my yoni so that it gets lots of good blood flow, so I I begin to lubricate again so that I actually remember that I have desire. And then maybe there's some oral pleasuring after that. And then maybe there's some holding. And then maybe I get on top of him so I can control the speed so it's not too much friction until I'm really ready. And maybe I just make love and I mean have intercourse for as long as I want instead of as long as he needs to have his ejaculation. Maybe my pleasure is equally important to his pleasure. Maybe I'm not just the vessel receiving his ejaculation. Maybe it's my turn to get the pleasure and stimulation that I need. And maybe I need some time to learn how long that takes me, how I need to move my body, how I need the pleasure delivered. And so what I want is my lover to learn how to make love to me as slowly, as languidly, as sensually as my body has been craving my entire life and never has gotten. Right. Yeah. Because I think with a lot of the women listening, uh, they are working on their thyroid, right? They are working on improving their energy. They're definitely working on their microbiome and doing a ton of their digestion. So their health is improving, but they're just not feeling that desire. So it sounds like from what you're saying, they need to enlist their partner and start slow and understand that that desire isn't just going to come, you know, like with a snap of a finger and they're not going to just want to have intercourse, but it's kind of having some of that extra play, right? And everything else that you're saying, but how how do they start to enlist their partner? And, and is it that, or is there something they can even do on their own first if their partner maybe 
you know, I don't want to say not open, but maybe isn't as interested or maybe doesn't know. 99% of partners want to do whatever it will take to make her happy. They would give up their own pleasure for her pleasure. They are sad and longing for, for sex and intimacy and connection because for them that is their love. And they really, really want it and miss it, but they're afraid to push her. Her libido is going to slowly return when she begins to allow herself to slowly go up the arousal ladder and and work with her partner to slow everything down and allow her to get there. So she has to take, she has to go two ends to get to the middle. The one is that she has to start small and work her way up. The other is that she has to allow her body to get there. And then in the middle, the desire piece is, desire is co-created. You bring your desire to have a good time, to have intimacy, to have fun, to try to create pleasure together without the goal of it being penetrative intercourse. You'll get back to that and you can not only get there, but go way beyond it. And all women can have orgasms from intercourse, even without touching the tip of the clitoris because the clitoris is literally wrapped around the vagina. It's the fact that there isn't enough foreplay and engorgement or blood flow to her genitals. So when she has lack of lubrication, it's blood flow, not hormones. Right. Well, and this is something that so many people mention to me, and I know to their doctors as well, that they're not nearly as lubricated now, say when they're 40 or 50, than when they were in their 20s, let's say. So the natural thought is, okay, the hormones are declining, or you know, there's an imbalance of some kind, right? So you're saying that that's not really the case. What I'm saying is it's not hormones, that it's not your estrogen, which is what you lose during menopause. It is not your estrogen that is off. Estrogen thins the vaginal tissue, which can create some painful sex, but it's not actually what lubricates the tissue. What lubricates the tissue is nitric oxide production. And by the time you're 50, you have half what you had when you were 20. That's a lack of eating leafy green vegetables and beets and dill and cabbage and arugula and romaine and all, all of those vegetables. It's a lack of, and if you use an antibacterial mouthwash, you're killing off your ability to produce nitric oxide. And if you take an acid blocker or proton pump inhibitor, which means you've got to get off sugar, wheat, dairy, GMO modified corn, and all of the things that are creating acid in your system so that you you don't want to lower your acid. You actually need your acid. You actually lose acid over time because your duodenal sphincter and your esophageal sphincters, the stuff comes up out of there because it's not locking anymore because there's not enough acid. Right, because the pressure is off. Yeah. Exactly. And you can take a nitric oxide booster. I run two companies. I'm the CEO of two companies. The first company publishes passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. The second company is a supplement company specifically that produces sexual vitality supplements. And my number one product is called Flow, F-L-O-W. And it is a citrulline-based nitric oxide booster made from organic fruits and vegetables that helps supplement that nitric oxide loss. Nitric oxide is the gaseous signaling molecule that sends your blood. You have about five liters of blood, so you don't have enough for your whole body all the time. The tone, the, the muscle tone, in your vascular system shuttles the blood to your brain when you're thinking, to your tummy when you're digesting, and to your genitals when you're making love. And if you can't get enough blood down there, then the plasma can't seep through the vaginal mucosa and wet the vaginal lining and you're dry. 
So the solution to vaginal dryness is number one, have more arousal time, more foreplay. Number two is up your nitric oxide and stay hydrated. Obviously, the more water and that you have in your system, the more you can lubricate. Um, all of those things make a huge difference. And then I also recommend using a an organic nut oil for a lubricant, such as a refined organic avocado oil or sweet almond oil, because lubes themselves that are sold through drugstores, etc., they have they're an FDA class two regulated product, and they must have preservatives in them. And the preservatives are typically toxic chemicals you wouldn't want to put on your delicate vaginal mucosa because it's just like sticking it in your mouth. It goes right into your bloodstream. Oh, absolutely. And they have parabens and terrible stuff. Polysorbate, 80, and all sorts of stuff in there. Yeah. Glycol, which is a sugar that leaches all the it, glycol literally does a cell osmosis that takes the water out of your cells of your vagina. So it, it actually exacerbates the problem in the long run. A good organic nut oil, I always say, if you wouldn't put it in your mouth, you shouldn't put it in your vulva. And that's so true. You should have only really good, high quality things that you'd eat that would be healthy for you that you would use in your vagina. Yeah. And for those women that are prone to BV or yeast infections, can those oils still be safely used? They won't feed any of the yeast? That's right. BVs and yeasts, especially yeast, coconut oil, a lot of young women use coconut oil. And I'm always saying don't use that because that's a natural antibacterial oil and it disrupts your vaginal microbiome, which is why I recommend organic avocado at refined because if you don't get refined, it's green and it'll stain your sheets. Or sweet almond oil. Those are both very nice ones. You could also use jojoba or mango. There are a lot of nice nut oils, but I find those two that I mentioned a couple times now to be the best. Yeah, I know a lot of people who use coconut oil as well because it is sort of also known to be antifungal because it has some of those properties, but I just never found that to work really well. So I'm with you on that. And it's not viscous enough either. It doesn't have the slide. The avocado, there's a brand on Amazon I like called Hobie, H-O-B-E. It's not organic. It's health and beauty grade. It's very difficult to find refined organic avocado. So it's just regular avocado. It works really, really well. It's very, very nice. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting also what you're saying about nitric oxide, because I think a lot of people may be familiar with that for men, right? For erectile dysfunction, but we don't think about that for women, but it's really the same thing. Like you're saying, it's the blood flow. We have the same amount of erectile tissue as men do. Why don't we, why doesn't anybody talk about our erections? Because we live in a patriarchal society where everything's around the guy instead of around us. No wonder they're not getting laid. They're doing a terrible job in our culture, teaching men how to make love to women too, you know? I mean, we have to ask for what we need, and often we don't even know what we want. And then as a woman, you're sitting here listening to this, and you're like, yes, I want massages. I want foreplay. I need to be warmed up. I'm not ready for sex. You're right. I am penetrated too fast. You're right. I do get tired of intercourse because he goes on and on and on, and it starts to hurt. I mean, that's where you have to say what you need so that, that you're not killing your future sex life, where you have to stand for, babe, this is how I need to be made love to right now. This is what's going to get me back in your arms. I'm going to need this. Right. And what you're saying is so important because I think for a lot of women, they think that what is being done, right, is how it is. And they just start to think that there's something wrong with them. Exactly. That's what women always do. Yeah. Ina, they all, we always think it's our fault. 
We're all, like when we can't have an orgasm from intercourse, we go, oh, I guess I'm not the kind of woman who can have an orgasm from intercourse. And then our husband's like, I guess you're not. Yeah, I'm broken, right? We'll mm-hmm. just have intercourse for me. Mm-hmm. And and then you're like, well, I don't want sex anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We always take it on as our own fault. When when I want to tell you that all women are absolutely capable because all it is is a learned skill. You just have to do what I call crossing the gasm chasm, the orgasm gap. Oh, tell me more about that. Because, and I think for a lot of people are going to really appreciate this about it being a learned skill, because what most people feel is if it doesn't happen for them, like we're saying, it's just broken or something is wrong, not realizing that it's a learned skill. So tell us more. Well, because we only have such a limited time and I have already put all this in a series of videos, it would be easier for me to send you to my website called betterlover.com, where there is an entire playlist of videos that tell you how to cross the gasm chasm, how to have orgasms from intercourse, how to have orgasms from penetration orgasms. These are all different words for the same thing, but you can look them up. How to have a yoni massage, passionate lovemaking step-by-step. All of these things are already the 20 kinds of female orgasms, all the things you could potentially have. They're all already there at betterlover.com. So let's just send a listener there because I know you had a lot of other things you wanted to talk about with regard to how do I get my libido back? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that's that's great. And we will definitely put that in the show notes. So what would you say is the first step then? You know, should a woman start to maybe think about what it is that she wants first before she tells her partner or like what would be the next step for her when she's literally like no sex drive, low libido, like there's nothing there. Like where does she start? I would say starting with things like um, my soulmate embrace, which is at soulmateembrace.com. It's a free technique for holding and being held. And you really can't begin the arousal process until you feel safe and relaxed. And often when our male-bodied partners have held us, they've held us for a minute and as soon as we relax, they let go. And that's not enough holding for us. We need to really be held for a while until we let down our defenses and we begin to be in touch with our emotions and we need to say some things often to get some things off our chest and let things go by speaking them out. That's one of the ways women work through what's stressing us out. And we need our partner to listen and continue to hold us. And then we need them to pull us closer. And we need them to stroke our hair and our back and our legs. And then we need them to hold us some more. And then sometimes we'll have a little bit of like tears come and we need to let those out. And then we'll notice that our our mouth starts to water. And as we let down, as the prolactin allows us to relax, that's being generated by the holding, similar to the oxytocin that happens when we're, pair, we're, we're bonding, that starts to also lubricate our vagina. And then once we really connect our heart with our partner, 
and we feel that they're there present with us and they're not off doing something to take care of the house or make money or all the other things that they do to help us. They're there just for us in that moment. Then we can reconnect with them and maybe look them in the eyes. And then suddenly we're reminded that we love them. And we've taken enough time to kind of get back to that place of heart connection. And then sometimes we'll want them to kiss our face and kiss our lips and kiss our eyelids and stroke our hair. And then maybe they'll put a hand on our breast, or maybe we'll start to feel their manhood stirring. And then maybe from there, we'll want a foot rub or a back rub, or we'll want a yoni massage. And we don't owe our partner orgasms. We don't owe them intercourse. We don't owe them sex, but we want to give that to them. And we want to have good sex ourselves. And so we are always pressuring ourselves to just go like right to the end game instead of allowing ourselves to get warmed up and turned on and feel loved and feel connected. And once we begin to do those things, that will start the stirrings of desire for our partner again. Yeah, no, that's great. Because you're right. I mean, it's not like it's just going to be this once you a hundred right away, you know, once you start to feel safe. And I love what you're explaining about that. It's that feeling of safety. And then you have that hormonal cascade and then that starts it. And the fact that it doesn't end with a specific action, right? It could end just even with holding for today, right? And then do something else tomorrow. Yeah, that's great. Yes. Every day you want something different. Now this is where you this is where we go from here Ina is we run into but what if I don't know what I want right or what if when I tell my husband what I want he gets all upset he feels like he did a bad job he contracts and it ruins sex so I just keep my mouth shut and take what he gives me <laughs> like yeah all of that <laughs> then I have another technique for you and that's called the sexual soulmate pact these techniques are from my book, Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials to Connected Sex. And the Sexual Soulmate Pact is the communication foundation that a couple needs when you are not feeling well and your sex life has gone by the wayside and you need to be able to communicate what is doable in any given moment and what is not. And the thing is, you can't help how you feel. You have no control over it. If you had any control over it, you'd feel great all the time. But sometimes you don't feel good. And other times you feel a little better. And sometimes you feel like having your husband go down on you outside on the chaise lounge. And other times you feel like a butt massage. And other times you feel like being held. And other times you feel like getting on him and riding him cowgirl for 10 minutes. Right? So never do more than you want to do because how can he know where you are if you don't clue him in? And if you start something and it's not working out, stop it. You don't have to finish anything you start. You don't have to. It's a very good point because that's how people get into pain and discomfort. And then it just, as you said, puts a brick into future events. Exactly. That's exactly it. And so, and never fake an orgasm. When you fake an orgasm, you give him false information that makes him do a worse job the next time he's with you. You have to be patient with your body. She will get there when and if she gets there. And when you and your partner 
are on hashtag Team Sweetie. That's what my husband and I call ourselves, Team Sweetie. And I'm like, I don't know. We'll see if we can get her there. Let's try. I'm game. If you're game, he's like, I'm game. All right, let's try. (laughs) Our habit is yoni massages. That's what really helps me. And sometimes I need to start with a belly massage. I, I need to release the tension in my belly before I can even have my yoni touched. And I never like him to touch my clitoris before he's done all of the outside and worked his way in. I call that my bullseye touch technique. I teach guys, think about your woman's vulva like a bullseye. There's the outer ring, the middle ring, and then there's the bullseye. You, being testosterone dominant, want to hit the bullseye right away, you must refrain. You must touch the outside parts first before going in. That's how you make her happy. Resist your impulse because you're way ahead of her. You get a testosterone bath every day. Your your penis gets hard immediately. You're ready to go and you're all ready for penetration, but she's way, 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 way back here, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, men just kind of want, it's like with everything else, like even their communication, they just want to get to the point, what's the problem? Let me solve it for you, where women want to talk about how they feel about the problem before they even get to the problem, right? So it's the same idea. Exactly. What about in terms of biochemistry and nutrition? From everything you're saying, it sounds like there is a lot that you really do with your partner and it's getting to feel safe and all of the other things that we just talked about. Not so much necessarily the hormones, but are there from a biochemistry perspective and nutritionally, are there certain foods that are more arousing, so to speak? And are there any other supplements? I know you mentioned nitric oxide, which is great. Um, Anything else that you find really helpful? So the first thing is that in my supplement company, which is called The 20, which stands for the 80-20 rule, the 20% that actually get the results, not the 80% that isn't really contributing anything. Oh, I love that. I know. It's cute, isn't it? The nitric oxide supplement that I make, made from organic fruit and vegetables, that's called Flow. And that is a very good supplement for women and for men. It really helps everyone over 40 have the blood flow they need for good sex. A lot of times, men who are on a PDE5 inhibitor like a Viagra Cialis Levitra, he, when he starts taking flow, there are many men who no longer have to take a PDE5 inhibitor, which, which gives them stuffy sinuses, headaches, you know, the next day they have a headache, um, or he can take a much lower dose. Instead of the, I don't know, 60 milligram dose, he might be able to get down to 5, 10, 15, 20 milligrams, especially if he does it sublingually along with taking a couple of flow before intercourse. So flow definitely helps us not only with brain fog and energy because our blood is able to pump around our body better, but it helps us with lubrication, loss of orgasmic sensation. It helps us feel more pleasure. It helps us cross the gasm chasm if we get enough blood flow or we can get engorged enough so that sex feels good again. It's very, very good for all of those kinds of things. Throughout history, we've all wanted to feel sexier and want more sex. Because when you feel sexy and you want more sex and you have sexual vitality, you have lust for life, not just lust for sex. It is your lust for life. It's your passion. Your passion is your passion. Right. It's your creativity. It's everything. Yeah. It is. So the more you can stoke it and honor it, the more it gives back to you. And so the five essentially libido botanicals are cacao, which is chocolate without any sugar in it, maca, maca root, the Peruvian maca root, tribulus terrestris, which is a small yellow flower from the Mediterranean, fenugreek, which is the seed from Ayurveda or India, 
and Tongkat Ali, which is a Malaysian root. There, it's kind of the maca of the of Asia, and those are the ones that really are the twenties, not the eighties. They're the ones that make the difference. You'd have to take more maca and cacao than I can put in a capsule, but you can take the Tribulus, the Tongkat, and the Fenugreek. And the thing about libido botanicals is you want to cycle them. Take them for 30 days, take one for 30 days, then move to the next one, then move to the next one, then start over. Because your body acclimates to plant materials. And so when you buy Desire, you can buy the trio. It's it, it can you can buy one bottle, but you can buy all three, one of each, and you can cycle through them. I'm gonna take this for 30 days as my vitamin, then I'm gonna take this for 30 days as my vitamin, then I'm gonna take this one, then I'm gonna start over. And you might find that you like one better than the other, but actually. What people have told me is that generally they all work well and they get these little this little boost about a week in to each cycle where they feel a little more like, ah, yeah, I do. I feel, so, <laughs> I feel like I want to play around. I want to mess around. I don't know what that's going to look like. <laughs> so once you have the sexual soulmate packed and you can feel comfortable asking your partner for anything and you can learn to tune into your body and report in from your body to your partner what she's asking you for that day, your partner is happy to give it to you. When you give your body the botanicals and the You know, you need like boron to get your testosterone to be unbound and free for usage. You know, these are what's are in the vitamins. You've got to have the things that come in the vitamins. You you might be missing those. You take the nitric oxide supplement. You start small and work your way up with holding and touching. And you don't you let go of the pressure to perform. You don't owe anything. There's no preset strategy. Every time you're with your partner, it's whatever feels good. And pretty soon your good intimacy and heart connection and the pleasure you're going to create from whether it's a foot massage or he's going down on you or you actually do have intercourse, whatever it is, that's going to start accelerating your return to overall health. What you're really doing is saying, I got to get my intimate life back online because I'm sick of being sick and I got to get healthy. So I need to have some sex, but sex doesn't necessarily mean intercourse. Oh, yeah. I love everything that you're saying. I mean, I think there's just so many gems here, right? From, like you said, from just getting comfortable, feeling safe, and then doing things nutritionally, and then you have all of the biochemistry, but you do it all together. Because I think for a lot of people, women, you know, they think, okay, let me try this supplement, right? Because there's so many things out there. Or let me try to do some stuff with my hormones, but they, they don't do any of those other steps. And they just keep thinking, okay, well, still not in mood for intercourse, still not lubricated. Okay, I guess it's broken, right? But it's it's all of those things. So I just really, really love this comprehensive approach. And I think what's also really, really important is what you said that when you're not feeling well, you can do some of this stuff and then that will actually help you to feel better versus the other way when people think, hey, let me feel better first, then I'll worry about this, but it can go both ways and it helps each other. So that's huge. Yay! Huge. Yes, I love, I lo- <laughs> love this conversation. And, you know, I, this is, I know this is going to be helpful for so many people. I think you've definitely busted a ton of myths and given us all lots to think about. Um, and I love all of your resources as well. So, your supplements. And then those videos you mentioned, we're going to post everything in the show notes. So this way, you know, our audience can go there, can watch those videos, and then they can go to your website and connect with you. 
So that's really wonderful. Thank you so, so much for all of this. This was a really wonderful conversation. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Libido is something that we want to address from all angles. In Cindy's case, we started by doing a Dutch test so that we can look at her hormones very comprehensively. As we got the results, I saw that she was very low in DHEA and a bit low on estrogen as well. Now, she wasn't ready for bioidentical hormones just yet, so instead, we supported it naturally with doing DHEA drops and also a supplement called FemGuard from Designs for Health that helps to naturally bring up estrogen. Of course, it's not as strong as actually taking estrogen, but if estrogen is a little bit low, it does really help to bring it into balance. Additionally, we also worked on blood flow, which is really huge. And we did that with amino acids and supplements that help to naturally increase nitric oxide. And this was all from the biochemical side. But as you know, biochemistry is not everything. So we talked a lot about moving her body, breath work, and also spending time both on her own and with her partner. I also connected Cindy with a sex therapist that was able to guide her and her partner even more on this emotional part of the journey. And then between that and the mind-body and the biochemical part that we put in, she noticed a huge difference in three months. She was thrilled, and of course, so was I. If Cindy sounds like someone you know, would you please share this episode with them? And please be sure that you subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying these episodes, can I ask you to please post a review on iTunes? All you have to do is just click on the stars. And if you have a couple of extra minutes, you can also write a review. But any ratings or reviews really, really help to get the podcast moved up in the charts so that more people see that the answers are out there and there really is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.